Okay, everyone, today's episode was recorded at and brought to you by Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Raven Sound Studio is a professionally equipped audio production facility offering recording, mixing, and mastering services throughout northern Arizona and surrounding areas. Whether you are looking to cut a demo, record your next single, or have a full album produced, Raven Sound Studio has the tools and skills you need to get the job done. For more information, head to www.ravensoundstudio.com to book a session or schedule a tour. Welcome to the Creative Convergence, an audible nexus of the creative arts. I'm your host, Candace Devine. Join me in conversation as we discuss the journey creatives take on their path to success. everybody welcome to the second half of my conversation with Stella Prado we had a great time talking about her life journey and all the ways that her career has unfolded it took us quite a while to get there because lots to tell so I hope you'll enjoy Stella Prado part two you get to have all these wonderful experiences with these great radio DJs. You're now yeah. like badass producer of not just a show the morning show like <laughs> the biggest morning show on yeah, the West yeah. Coast, you know. They uh, were, I will tell you, between uh, Regis and Kathy Lee, they were the next uh, male-female team. Isn't so, that crazy? Yeah. And for yeah. 20 and, years, I mean, or longer, yeah, you know. Yeah, for tw- for 25 for twenty five years, I want to say. They got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. Um, they were they were unbelievable. They were unbelievable. So where do you go from there? I, you are happy as producer. You're obviously making a living. You're getting paid at this point, you know. So, yeah. And oh, you're yeah. In great company. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's an ideal so, situation. Where do you go from there? Right. So then um, the assistant program director, which is a job that so the program director runs the radio station, runs all the elements of the radio station. So they make sure that. All the promotions are um, are approved and make sense for the radio station uh, because the radio station caters to women, and so we would never do anything with NASCAR, you know, like you know anything. That's you know, amazing. So does that is that different for each radio station dependent on their demographic? Like for yeah. Coast, you yeah. were appealing to women. Yes. Okay, yes. but maybe yeah. like you mentioned earlier, K Rock might be going like we need NASCAR or we need hard oh, exactly. metal heads or we need exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So we. Our, our main demo was Women 2554, okay? So the program director ran everything. And the assistant program director basically assisted the program director. Right. And so, and I had a good relationship with the program director and he trusted me since I, you know, worked my way up. And so I had a great relationship with the morning show. I uh, had meetings with the other DJs and things like that. And, um, and we would just always... It was my duty to make sure that everybody knew what was going on on a weekly basis with promotions. Yeah. Um, it was my duty to always listen to all the shows and make sure that everybody is sounding good. Um, you know, no one's like offline or they're just, you know, not on their A game. Right. Um, I would I would do all the time cards. I, I would just do um, just a lot of like the busy work and also... Uh, don't forget I was music director, but not named it yet until I won the award, so, but yeah. I also did the music. And what, now what does that mean specifically? So it was a, there was a program that spit out the music and then I would 
look at this program and I would massage the music every day. And so I start at midnight and, um, and just make sure that the, the music flowed well. Right. So, so it that wasn't it would have like, a, a well, a well-received listening arc, if you will. Exactly. Like a beginning, so middle, and right. So it wasn't a fast song to a slow song. Right. Um, all the songs were coded. So I would know how the beginning started and how the ending started. And so it's very interesting. Like people that, you know, when you turn on your radio, you don't know that this is happening behind the scenes. That's why I you know? love having you explain it because the average person, I, I think, and I'm speaking for a whole group of people that I, I mean, but as somebody in music who has done music, I can yeah. tell you that growing up in my mind, the radio DJ him or herself was like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to pick these, you know, however many yeah. songs for the hour and right. blah, 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 blah. You have right. no idea that there's multiple people in this lineup creating this whole situation that we all think is very just Joe Average as we drive home. And that's the thing is that my job, because if let's say there's a, um, so we always had, uh, we always had liners and things like that and promotion. And, and let's say it's a trip to Disney world, you know, so you and your family win a trip to Disney world. If you're caller number 30 right now, uh, uh, and you qualify to win, uh, uh, Disneyland tickets, be caller number 30 right now. Right. Now, if they mess up on that, they don't think Stella messed up. Right. They think that Mark and Kim messed up. Right. I mean, the radio station is Coast 103 and it's the DJs. That's it. They don't realize That's the face. that somebody behind the scenes messed up, right. you know? So I always, my thing was, I always wanted to make them shine and make sure they understood every promotion before we hit the air with it. So they didn't sound like they didn't, they didn't know what they were talking about. Right. And I want to make sure that they embrace it and they love it because when you talk about something on the air, you have to show passion for it and you have to show that you believe in it and you want it too. Totally. May I ask you one more question? Because I think it's very interesting in your time at Coast. How did radio, from your perspective, change from organic radio to maybe what you were growing up listening to and interning on? versus corporate radio or where more corporate entities were involved in those packages or in wow. the, I mean, cause I know that in that time period, there's, there are a lot live nation and other there, things changed, right? In that oh, yeah. time frame, What did that look like for the creative side of you guys? Yeah, a lot changed. I would say that changed I would say in 2009. Yeah. When, um, so Clear Channel ended up being That's right, yeah, Clear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was at Clear Channel. Right. And um, in 2009, they kind of started um, calling it, what would they call it? Kind of like a skeleton grid. And so all AC is, is known for adult contemporary. Right. So if I mention AC, that's what it means, adult contemporary. All AC stations pretty much should be playing these songs. So and they give like you that, that list then, like here's the yes. AC yes. songs you can play. Yes. But um, before that, now this is going to get really technical, but I think it's important to, to, to tell your listeners, before that, we had, um, we had music testing. We had it twice a year and it was, uh, it was with a company and they would, uh, they would uh, call a household ask, what's your favorite radio station? If they said coast, they would say, they would go on to the next question. Okay. Well, do you like coast and what kind of, uh, what kind of artists do you like? Um, are you available to go at this certain night to this hotel 
to do a, uh, a music test. And so we paid $50 to 50 women. Wow. And they would listen to about probably 500 hooks of songs. And they had a dial that say, I never heard it. I don't like it. I like it. Or this is my favorite song. Wow. And that, that's how I knew what songs to play on the radio station. My mind is blown because I kind of want radio to go back to that. Yeah. I mean, real bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, because yeah. I love the idea that you're legitimately, whatever the demographic is, right? Because you yeah. know who your audience is. But going to the people and right. saying, hey, give us some indicators of what you actually want to be hearing instead of right. us deciding what you want to hear. Right, right. Now, I really can't say how it is. So I've been out of radio since 2012. So things have obviously changed. Um, But I'm also in radio with my new job. So I kind of know- I was going to say, and and I want to get into that because you work with artists now, but from a different standpoint. And you work with radio, but from a different standpoint. Yeah, yeah. So what I will tell you, um, before I left in 2009, what changed the most for me was we still had- uh, the music tests, but it was online. So we never got to see the women because we would go, um, we would go behind, uh, the scenes for this music test and we would look at the ladies yeah. because we wanted to make sure that they weren't friends. There were two ladies that were friends called each other up and said, Hey, uh, you can get 50 bucks tonight. Um, you know, just say coast is my favorite station because you don't know who's going to call you, you know, type yeah. of thing. And so that was very interesting. Then we went to online testing, which I was kind of bummed about because I felt like, how do I know who's taking this online test? Yeah, like, is the yeah. mom going, hey, honey, hey, my 13-year-old, just take this test for me and I'll give you 50 bucks. You know, right. I mean, I didn't know. But to be honest with you, it really did stay consistent. So it was interesting because okay. my theory was wrong. Got because it. It what we did in person and what we did online was pretty much the same. Similar. So I was like blown away. I was like, okay, I'll chalk that up to you know, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm wrong with that one. But what changed the most for me, um, and you could ask past people at the radio station also, is um, I created the Christmas format in 2000, uh, 2001, right after 9/11. And what I did with that was um, Coast would always play Christmas music. But I decided to play Christmas music for the entire month. I know. So only <laughs> Christmas music all month. That was all you. Because I'll tell you what, for us kids growing up there, that has been a thing. Like, our, yeah. I mean, I now live in Arizona, but it's like every December, I'm like, there is no one playing Christmas music all day, every day for the month yeah. of December. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I started picking my Christmas music out July and August. So by the time Christmas came, I was like, ah! You're like, I'm over Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was already past Christmas. (laughs) And so, but it was so fun. But by 2009, that's when corporate started coming in going, these are the Christmas songs you are going to play. And I was like, how can you do that? Um, LA is so different than Chicago. It doesn't snow in LA. Um, You know, Omaha is so different than LA, you know, type of thing. Totally. So I was, I was kind of bummed about that. You were defensive of your community. You're yeah, like, this is, it was, is not a one size fits all thing. Right, right. And Coast, I have to tell you guys, Coast was my baby. 
Yeah. I mean, no one dressed that baby. I mean, I, <laughs> oh boy. I mean, I, I. So what was the, it, what, was, what was the catalyst for the 2012 departure? Was there a catalyst or was it natural? Well, um, some new management came in, things like that. I will say that my mom always said this about me. I was not a yes person. And she always said, honey, I think you should be more of a yes person. But I feel that um, if somebody asks me a question, I'm going to be honest. I much prefer that. So thank you. And so I think I was a little too honest. And so, but I will tell you that, um, so we had a layoff in 2012 and it was December. And, um, and I will tell you that my layoff was the most amazing and first class way they could have done it. That's good to hear. I mean, in, in, in clear channel, you get trained to lay off people. You're like, you collect their keys, you stand two inches apart from them. Uh, you walk them to their car. Um, you know, I mean, it was like, there's all these rules. Yeah. And when, so I kind of had a feeling that day that it was going to happen because management was acting weird to me and they never did. Yeah. Um, and then we were going to do a layoff the week before and they canceled it. And I thought that was weird. And then my friend works for another station in the, um, in the same company. And she's like, so did you get your layoff list for tomorrow? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I thought, I? okay, she's my friend. They probably didn't give it to her because she would tell me. Yeah. But we were number one at the time. So I was like, I can't be. Yeah. In fact, my husband called me that afternoon and he's like, honey, I'm booking vacation. I'm like, honey, I called you about an hour ago saying, I think I'm going to be let go. And he's like, I will tell you, you're not going to be let go. And I'm booking our vacation. I'm like, uh, let's book it tomorrow. Yeah, and he's let, me, like, let me get through today. Yeah. 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 I mean, he booked the vacation. But, <laughs> Smart man. Everyone needs yeah, a vacation. Yeah, Especially exactly. after a layoff. Oh. And so, um, and so I, you know, 4.30, I mean, I told my assistant, 4.30 went, 5 o'clock went, management was still there. And I'm like, I'm staying until I see like the big wigs leave because I just had a feeling. 5.30, 6 o'clock, my phone rings and it's the president. He calls me. He's like, can you come into the office? And I'm like, and I looked at my assistant, she's in another office and I went, hi, you know, yeah. and I was like, wow. And that was a Thursday. So, and I was kind of thankful that they told me, I mean, I was thankful that I kind of had a clue right? because seriously, Candace, I think I would have fainted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's to be caught it was, off guard in such. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, such, I mean, such a shock. And so right when I was sitting down, they're like, we're here to let you, let you know that we're letting you go. And I was like, okay. And they're like, did you know? And I said, I had a hunch, you know, there was two guys in the room and I'm like, you did not answer my question and you weren't looking at me all day. Yeah. <laughs> I said, so, you know, I said, I had a feeling I said, but you know, it, it is what it is. I was like, wow. And they're like, okay, so we're having a huge layoff tomorrow. So can you not tell anybody that you got laid off today? And I was like, Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just so go home and drink a bottle of wine instead. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So they said, so with that said, who do you think we need to warn that you're no longer going to be here because we know we're going to have issues? And I'm like, well, Karen Sharp, because yeah. I started with her and she's on the air now. So good luck. Yeah. I said, Mark Wallingren. Um, and then, uh, and then my other good friend, 
that I, uh, that I mentioned earlier. And so they're like, okay. And so the other guy that was in the room said, well, I already have plans to take uh, Mark out for a drink. In the meantime, Mark's wife is blowing me up on my phone thinking that Mark's going to let be let go. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, no, that's not the case. You know, it's me. And, um, and so, you know, we had a good talk and, uh, and I promised them that I wouldn't tell anybody. And so, uh, I'll never forget that day. I, so we, uh, we worked across the street from the NBC studios and, um, and the Warner brothers lot and beautiful building. And I had my own parking space and all that, but I never used it. And I came in late that morning, I think, and I had to park on the fourth floor. So it's like leaving the building, you have to go around and right. around and around. Oh, You're talk like, this about, is the most like, painful drive out of this structure I've ever yeah. had. <laughs> and, and I will tell you that I gave them my keys and they said, no, we don't need your keys. You and your husband can come in at any time and clean out your office. Um, you can come in during work hours. That is you really respectful, everybody. actually. That is really yeah. respectful. Usually large corporations, like you said, that is not, in my experience anyway, which is not much, but there is always a very strict way of yes. executing this. So the fact yes. that they gave you shows a lot of respect and it's rare, I, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I thank them till today. I mean, I still talk to them. Yeah. And so, um, and so I thought that was really nice. I ended up not going back. Um, that night I picked up my purse, um, my assistant knew and she left. And then I said bye to a few salespeople, but I didn't want to start crying. So I was like, bye. Like I, and in my mind, I'm like, for good, (laughs) but you know, I kept going and I just told myself, don't look back, don't look back. And, um, and then, uh, and then my friend called and she was blown away and I told her, and I told her that they were going to call her. So to be shocked. And then, um, and then I called my husband Yeah, and he was just, you know, and so the funny thing is the next morning, so the morning show producer who is now still Rodrigo. Yeah. So we were playing Christmas music cause this is December 13th. Right. Um, every morning I would play, I would put in certain Christmas songs for them, funny ones, different ones, because again, corporate was only playing their music. Right. It was a, it was a, it was a certain like. If you listen to an AC station, all the AC stations are playing the same music. Right. And so I... Did you get in trouble? I was going to say, was was that a problematic thing? If you would sneak in some like, here's what people want to hear? I would get caught every so often. (laughs) I'd go, oop. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Did I I put in uh, Nat King Cole's Christmas? Oh, darn. I don't know. Exactly. 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 Or, you know, Grandma Got Run Over by Reindeer. Exactly. Or the the Hippopotamus song. I love that Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I told them, I told management, I said, I won't say anything to anybody, but once I get the first text or phone call, then it's I will free game. I will, yeah, exactly. And I, I had a post ready to go on Facebook and social media and stuff like that. And, um, Rodrigo called me that morning and I looked at my husband. I'm like, should I answer? And he's like, yeah, Rodrigo called me. He's like, Hey, you didn't put any of the fun stuff in the fun songs in. I said, Rodrigo, you can play any song you want today. <laughs> That's me clapping to Stella. I love her finger to the corporate company. Just on my way out, I love you guys. Thank you for the very lovely and graceful exit. However, today you're going to suck it. <laughs> exactly. It was very funny. And he hung up. He didn't even ask any questions. He was like, bye. <laughs> so I was laughing. And I, do then later ask, he told I, I do have to ask because I'm curious because I observed this. With each Christmas season, 
Were there like approved? Because I, for example, I love, I don't know if it's pronounced Eder or Eater. Linda Eater has a, do you hear what I hear? Yeah. You guys, Linda Eder, you guys yeah. used to play it. And I'd never heard Linda Eder until that show. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, her voice. And oh my gosh, this choir. And oh my gosh. And then like the next season rolled around and I was like, oh good, they're going to play Linda Eder. And never happened. Yeah. So that was it, part of that structure yeah. that you're given. Yes. So yes. that year they were like, Linda Edder's on the playlist this year. It's not on the playlist next year. Tough beans. Well, I actually added Linda Edder. <laughs> Good for you. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. That makes me really happy. Everybody go listen to Linda Edder. Do you hear what yeah. I hear? It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so, uh, so yeah. So then I have to say that my husband and I, my husband's the one that said it. He's like, honey, we are actually witnessing your funeral, but you're alive. It was, <laughs> That's a great. Quote. It was amazing. We're it was much, uh, the love. I felt. Oh, let me rewind. So they took Mark Wallengren out to uh, drinks to tell him about me. Oh, wow. And at one o'clock in the morning, my husband and I are sitting on our our, our couch in the living room, just staring at each other because I'm completely lost. I'm shocked. And we hear, and it's Mark Wallengren. I love that guy. I do too. I do too. And he, um, and he was like. Oh my gosh. And he stayed. I said, Mark, do you have to work tomorrow? I was even concerned. And he's like, no, I have it off. I'm like, okay, good. And so we stayed and talked and laughed and talked about the past. And, you know, I just want him to know that, you know, I'd be okay. And, you know, I, uh, I definitely took some, you know, a a year off. I was just going to ask, of course you were going to be okay. And of course you have been okay, but what, what is the immediate Re, like, what is the next step when you're like, I've done this job literally most of my life as far yeah. as, as a, from a young adult on. What, I mean, now you have a big, big padded resume of every position, but like, yeah. where do you go now? When you're at the biggest radio station, two, I mean, so you're not going to top that. And two, it's a platform you like. So where, what was your brain? Were you thinking I could do this? I could do like, what, where did your headspace yeah. go? So that, that was very tough because, um, December, 2012 was when I was laid off August, 2012. Um, we bought a house in Pasadena and we mm. bought a house. So because so now you have a pretty let me, mortgage, let me, <laughs> let me rewind yeah. July, July, 2012. I signed a three-year deal. August, 2012, you bought, we a, bought house. a house in Pasadena and December, 2012, December, you're laid off. Did you ever yeah. say what happened to my three-year deal? They just, you, there well, was no room, they, there they was no room restructured. for that. They restructured. Yeah. So they, they had um, one program director for two radio stations. So it's a yeah. restructuring so they can do that. Got it. You know, They found the, um, the technical term that allowed that to be. Right, right, wow. right. It no, is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I got to tell you, I was lost. Like I just, so my husband took off that Friday and then, and then I found out the list of all the people were let go. And it was like, it was a bloodbath. It was horrible, you know? And I didn't want to, I wanted to reach out to those people also. I didn't want it. It wasn't all about me. It was right. like so many people. And uh, so it was really, it was really hard. Um, it was sad, you know? Um, and at the same time, I was getting calls from different companies going, come, we'll come work for Yeah. And, but it was all out of state. Uh, and we didn't want to move because we just, just bought a house. house. So it was very tough. My husband and I um, were Christian and we prayed a lot about it. And we were like, let's stay here. And 
God will take care of us and let's just, let's figure it out. I mean, I knew that I can get another job like that out of state right away if needed. I mean, I never wanted to fire anybody. So you could put that in your backup position. You're like, worst case scenario. Exactly. I have these concepts and ideas and positions. Yeah. Okay. And living in California, it's so expensive out here that if you move somewhere else out of state at another place, and my husband, let me, let me, you know, say this, he was working from home because he had a, he was working from Dallas so he can work anywhere. Right. So that's great. And and at that point we were thinking, maybe I, maybe we go back to Dallas and, uh, and the girls loved that I worked at a radio station yeah. and now the girls are older, they went to every single show, every concert. Oh yeah. I mean, the perks of, of a mom, stepmom, dad, stepdad, aunt, uncle, the perks of people that work in the positions you had or whether it's the film industry and you get to do this cool yeah. stuff that the average person doesn't get to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a cool stepmom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Props to you, my lady. Yeah. And so, um, so, you know, at that point of our lives, it was like, we were all in shock because we all, you it affected know, everybody's uh, lifestyle. Yeah. We're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't get backstage passes uh, anymore. And the girls were calling going, how are we going to get into Disneyland? And I'm like, uh, I need a job. Like, let's not think about that right now. I was like, oh my. and I then know. I hung up like, are we ever going to go to Disneyland again? Yeah. <laughs> we have to pay, but I don't want to buy tickets. They're really expensive. <laughs> But it was, it was, it was like, it was eye opening. It was, it was crazy. And then realizing that you work with family. I mean, I, the, the first earthquake that happened that I wasn't working at coast was at night. And I called Karen Sharp right away to make sure she was okay. Yeah. I don't work there anymore. I don't need to make sure. I mean, and then she started laughing because I, because I was like, okay. So, and then I, and then I realized like, oh my gosh, I don't work there anymore. Okay, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll let your program director call you. Bye. Don't tell anybody I called you. But like, I just old my, habits die hard, yeah. right? Old habits. Sorry, I said old habits die hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It Crazy. becomes a, ingrained in who you are. I mean, the yeah. things that you can concer- you're concerned yourself with day in and day yeah. out. Yeah. So you took about a year off. What did? How did? How did we get into this next stage of your life, which is also very exciting? So. um, rewinding to that assistant program director that caught me in the studio. (laughs) His name was Johnny Chang and he left coast. That's why I got his job as assistant program director. He left coast to program a country station. Now his name is Johnny (laughs) Chang. Oh gosh. (laughs) Here we go again. I got to get out my (laughs) country music Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dude, are you sure you know country? Like you really want to do this? And he moved to Houston. And I was like, oh my gosh. I said, you know, it was really, his move was really hard for me because I really liked him. And so we stayed connected. He knew about my song. He made fun of it all the time. And it was a one hit wonder. That guy only, <laughs> only had one song. And I'd always sing it down the hallways. Everybody <laughs> made fun of me. And, um, and so one day he called me at his country station in Houston. And he's like, you'd never guess who's in my office. And I'm like, I don't know anybody in country. Don't, don't have me play this game. <laughs> and, uh, and so the guy's like, don't set me up for failure, man. Yeah, exactly. And the guy's like, hi, Stella. And I'm like, hi. And Johnny Chang is like, it's Jimmy Harnon. And oh. I'm like, oh, the guy that sings my song, you know? And so I'm like, why is Jimmy Harnon in your office? And he's like, he runs a country label. And I'm like, wow. 
And so Jimmy's like, so Stella, are you going to the, um, the iHeart Country Festival? And it, the first one was in 2011 yeah. in Vegas. And I said, I am. And he's like, would well, you want to have dinner there? Mind blowing. I mean, I was like, you would you're, think. You're also like, is I it weird if I, everyone. yeah, you're like, is it weird if we go have dinner and I bring a video camera and a recording <laughs> device so that we can put this thing in infamy forever? I can watch it on replay in my bed to make sure that everybody knows I had dinner with you. Is that possible? <laughs> no, no table for one. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I hung up the phone. I was, called my husband. I'm like, I need an outfit. I need to, I need to find out a hair place in Vegas. I, I was like, and he was like, honey, he's like, this guy sang our song. I'm all, he sang our wedding song. And I mean, who gets to meet somebody like that? I mean, I love that you're still I starstruck all the time. I know how many artists have come through your office to be on the morning show and do those things. So I think it's hilarious and wonderful to see that somebody who is so like blase about stardom in a sense is still completely <laughs> starstruck and by a one hit wonder nonetheless. Oh, oh, <laughs> and I'm, oh not, I'm not speaking ill of your boss. He's amazing. Yeah, but you know, no, I just, oh, the best. Yeah. So, uh, so then I said, okay. And so, you know, now we go to Vegas and my husband's like, so what do you want to do today? You want to go to the pool? I'm like, no, I don't want to go to the pool. I don't want to get sunburned. Uh, you know, and I was just like, all over the, you would think it was like my wedding day. I know, I he's like, like oh, honey, you're already taken. You're already yeah, taken. I, like, just, I'm here. I love you in all forms. Just go yeah. have a nice dinner with the guy. Try and not so, to spit. And Brian was invited too. Yeah, okay. And so, so Jimmy calls me about a half hour before and I'm like, oh, he better not be canceling. And he calls me and he's like, can I invite my buddy Scott? And I'm like, Okay. So I don't know who the Scott guy is. I was like, whatever. So I look at Brian and I'm like, honey, you're in charge of talking to Scott. Cause I want to talk to Jimmy. And he's like, okay. So we go to dinner, we meet Scott and Jimmy. I have no idea who the Scott guy is. We, and I'm talking to Jimmy, talking to Jimmy, Scott, Brian's doing a great job talking to Scott every so often. I look at Scott and talk very little. And then Scott had to leave for an emergency. So now it's just Brian, Jimmy, and I, we take a picture. Um, you know, we uh, exchanged numbers and all that. And then, um, and then fast forward, he calls me and, um, and he's like, so, so one day, one day we talk on the phone and he knew I was out, out of coast and all that. And I said, um, and he's like, well, you know, one day maybe we can work together. And I was just like, oh, really? you know? <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> tell oh, me more. <laughs> let me, let me rewind. So the guy, Scott, that was with him, is Scott Borchetta. Now, Scott Borchetta owns our company. He's the one that found Taylor Swift. So it was very funny because I did not know. I mean, yeah. that's how unfamiliar I, I, I was. It. I love it. I, and, but I, I love, love when those things happen because you're just your sincere self, right? Because yeah. you're not yeah. putting on any airs. You're not, you're like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. But you yeah. seem nice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then exactly. later you're like, was I weird or was I fine? Oh my I think it was gosh. Fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Today's podcast is brought to you by one of our awesome sponsors, New Belgium. One of their beers, Voodoo Ranger IPA, is a favorite here at the Creative Convergence. Voodoo Ranger IPA is perfectly balanced with notes of guava, mango, and pineapple with a delicately bitter finish. For beer news and occasional mediocre advice, follow at Voodoo Ranger on Twitter and Instagram, where you will hear about what's new and where you can find Voodoo Ranger near you. Voodoo Ranger IPA. Drink responsibly. Live rangerously. And so, um, and so then fast forward, 
Jimmy, Jimmy and I were talking and I'm like, Hey, you know, um, so what do record labels do? You know, is there ever a position that I don't have to move? And he's like, I think our West coast girl is going to stay here forever. And I was like, okay, well, you know, if, the, it, if it ever opens up, let me know, you know, in the meantime, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. He calls me, no, he texts me on a Saturday night saying, are you interested in the West coast position? Monday morning, I answer absolutely in all caps. Yes. And he said, I'll meet you tomorrow at Santa Monica. Um, we went to um, the Ivy in Santa Monica. Yeah. And we had about a six hour dinner and he basically hired me. Um, and I mean, but before he hired me, I told him I had to fangirl him and just stare at him one more time. Like, <laughs> you all, can I just look longingly at you for just a nanosecond? Yeah. I'm happily married, but I just want to gaze for just a minute. Um, I have to say he is like everyone I work for. They're incredible, but he is the nicest human and his wife. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful couple. And they have a beautiful family. And they live in a mansion that you would think is like, they treat like a shack. Like they, they're just so, they're unbelievable people. Yeah. They're just so humble. Down and to so, earth. It, it, it's just, it blows my mind. It so, blows my mind. So for our listeners, so what is this job? Where are you? What do you do? Well, the funny thing is the song is, where are you now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, so I work for, so Big Machine is the company. And then under Big Machine, there are record labels. Yeah. Now, I'll describe what a record label representative does. Yeah. Um, there's several different things that I do. So I work for the West Coast. And so I work the Denver market. I work El Paso. I work Albuquerque. I work Seattle. Um, I, work, I work all the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, all the way, you know, up to Portland. And I work with all the country stations. And I make sure that they're aware of my artists. And my artists are Florida Georgia Line, Lady A, mm -hmm. Brett Young, Riley Green. And we just signed Lacey K. Booth, who came out from American Idol. Yeah. And so I make sure that they play our music. I make sure that when they're in concert, it, when the artists come to the West Coast, I'm there for radio stations to have meet and greets, yeah. for the radio stations to meet with the artists. And during the concert, I party with the, with the, with the radio station. Which is so interesting because your whole career has been so beautifully designed to do this. It's really an extension of everything you've been doing, but and, just from a slightly different angle. And I know all the positions. Yeah. And I know, well, so the first year that I was into this, I was completely lost at first. The first year I was in this, um, I was meeting the program director and then the program, program director got pulled away and his music director that I think was fairly new yelled, I need help with the music with it's a program called selector. Yeah. And he was a kid and he was, I could tell that he was like in a panic. Yeah. So I kind of looked at him and I'm like, dude, I, I worked on selector for a lot of years. Is there something I can help you with? I'm a record, la record label rep right now, but I can help you maybe. And I went into his office and and then, the, and then the program director comes back looking for me and I tell him that I'm in this kid's office and I'm working a selector and I found the problem that he had. And then I showed the program director other things that the selector can do. 
And you're all, not to throw my weight around, but you know, I mean, I've just done this at the top of the mark for a long time. So, I mean, it's all good. I yeah. was Also, if you would play my artist, that would be great. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> now, put my artist on yeah. the top of the list. <laughs> now that I just saved your butt, let me just throw my people right into that mix. <laughs> it was really funny. It was really funny. And at that time, I was doing a radio tour because uh, we just signed Brett Young. Mm-hmm. So great. this February actually will be five years that I've been with the company. Wow. And loving uh, it, it sounds like. Yeah. I, I beyond love it. I, I never thought that... I always thought Coast was going to be my favorite and my, you know, my ultimate. This is my favorite. These are my favorite people. Now, Coast, the people, they're always going to be my family. Right, right. I've been in contact with all of them. I always am. They're, it's different. They're family. Yeah. But the job itself... You're loving it. it was made for me. What I think is so fascinating, and after this, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I ask all our guests because I think it's, it's a really good bookend to learning this whole journey of yours, which is just so incredible. But what I think is so, from listening, is that you really have done this kind of circular path with growth, right? Because ironically, started with Karen Sharp, you moved to do country music as a DJ, have an awakening where you're like, maybe this isn't my format, but learn a lot about country music you had never known before, whether you liked it or not at that time, but you learned a lot. Took that knowledge, took the assisting knowledge, got back into or I'm sorry, did the radio, then got back to the assisting, got back into a whole trajectory upward in growth, learning all these positions, really becoming into who you are with, again, from what we talked about before, having no idea of who you would become, like with no set plan, evolving into this person, getting to the top of the ranks of that particular career path, growing your personal life, which also came full circle, and then your personal life intersects this work life to come full circle to a work life and a personal life in like beautiful harmony. <laughs> Nobody can see my visual hand gestures, but wow. but I mean, when you look at it from that perspective, it's like everything between your personal and your career have kind of circled each other in this orbit in order to kind of get to where you are now, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. And you know what, Candace, that's funny you mention it because I always forget I kind of took it lightly, the country station that I worked at as a DJ. Yeah. And I was far away so nobody can hear me other than my parents because they drive and be in the Good parents. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But so I took that very lightly, but that's very true. It's very true. And I will tell you uh, one thing really quickly. Let me grab it. Um, This person right here in this picture. Oh my gosh, it's Garth Brooks for people who cannot okay, see. Because so like, we just talked about him too. He's your pal. <laughs> exactly. So what got me to call Karen Sharp before doing that interview with her was the song The River. Oh my because gosh. Was, yeah. And and it's it's mind-blowing to me. I you're gonna laugh. I was literally on a wave runner singing the river to myself, going you know what? You've got to do this. And the the lyrics to that song is so beautiful. And I was like, I can't be afraid. And, you know, I have to see beyond the shore and I do it. I believe in myself. I can do it. The power of music, man. I mean, it, it really, it, it sounds so cliche, 
But yeah. it, it is really, and that's uh, the power of music is the catalyst of this podcast too. There are so many people whose lives become dedicated to the arts in one facet or other who you never meet, you never learn the story of, you never learn how they did it. You might yeah. meet them now at the pinnacle of their career or in, right. you know, there are probably lots of people out there that are like, oh my God, she works at a label. How do you talk to her? Like, it seems so untouchable, right? Yeah. It yeah. seems, and it's so nice to break down these stories and learn that everybody just, has a path. You just took a yeah. path. You just had yeah. a leap of faith, a, a little bit of courage in your own right, listening to beautiful lyrics of a song going, I can do this and showing up, having the follow through. It is m- mind blowing to me what I've learned through this podcast of how many people create opportunities by just being present, showing up and going, I think I can. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's, I think I can and don't give up. Because with, you know, I'm telling you all the good days. Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of bad days. I had a lot of, you know, you are an intern. Don't tell me what to do. Um, I had those moments. Yeah. But I had to grow up and I had to grow up fast. And I will tell you one thing that I feel um, I'm very blessed with and I feel like I can brag about is that when I decided to be in the radio industry. My mom was very nervous. My mom always called her, called me her flower. And my mom was like, honey, I don't ever want you to change. I don't want you to change personalities. I don't want you to be rude. I don't want you, you know, always remember how you started. And so that really carried on to my heart. And I feel that I'm the same person as an intern that I was as a program director that I was till today. And, and Sorry. And even in this company, we have internship programs and I talk to people um, that are interning and I, I tell them, you know, hey, there's a lot of different departments in this company. Um, what do you want to do? Believe in yourself and don't be afraid. And every so often you're going to have a setback, but don't think it's you. I mean, you, 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 everyone has those moments, but don't give up and you have to believe in yourself. Well, I have to tell you, Stella, just from personal experience of meeting you when I was like 20, coming into the office going, I write songs, you know? And it was Mark <laughs> Wallengren who was kind enough who did get up and go at 3.30 in the morning to be on the morning show. And he would come to my show at the Roxy the night before. And yeah. I'd be like, it's 11 o'clock, Mark. You have to be up in like four hours. And he was always kind enough to go, listen, Candace, I think you're great. If, if tonight yeah. I have to go on two hours of sleep, I'll figure it out, you know? But um, he was the one, I remember he called me and there was some opportunity because of the way you programmed the station to be involved with the community. And there was yeah. some... I'm going to get this wrong, but it was some either like rising star showcase or somebody, something of that nature. And he was like, I found an opportunity. I can't put you in our playlist because that's not how it works now. But I found an opportunity and he gave me the first time I ever heard myself on radio was from the morning show. But when I came in, he brought me in to meet you and I I can validate that your mother's advice to you is 100% certain because the day I met you, you treated me the same way I mean, you may at least made me feel as though you were still talking to a Gwen Stefani or a McCartney or, I mean, the, the respect and the passion that you brought to your work and the generosity and kindness, you made me feel very comfortable. You made me feel very important and you made me feel very happy that I had decided to go into music. Like it didn't feel so hard for that minute, you know? And you're good too. Well, thanks. But (laughs) no, no, no. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that it's like, I think that trait 
in who you are says a lot to the career path you've had. Because I think that at the end of the day, who you are shines yeah. through to what you can do, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, I do have a couple questions. Knowing everything you've done, looking back on this incredible life journey so far, mm-hmm. what is something you would tell your younger self? Wow. Um, that is a really good question. I I think it would be spending more time with people not even in this in this job but people that were in this job and asking them more questions and and listening um because there's so many different people that give advice and you just run with it, but there's so many different, there's, there's, there's so many different personalities. There's so many people see things in different ways, you know? And so I, sometimes I would ask one person and run with it where sometimes I'm like, gosh, I wish I spent more time with that other person and ask them more questions also. Got it. Um, and take, I was like, take it always, as much from the resources you have opposed to yeah, just kind of going, yeah. well, this is a good answer. I'll go. Yeah. 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 So it's really you know, incredible advice. I, you know, I think you're the first person to bring up that angle of looking backwards a little bit. It's so true. We all have a network of resource at any given yeah. time, whether it's family, yeah. friends, but in a career path, if you're doing anything and you want to be great at it, there are always more people to ask. How can yeah. I be better? Right. And I think right. oftentimes we forget to do that because we think we need to be a self-contained entity. We have to figure it out for ourselves. We have to carve the path for ourselves. And that may be the ultimate reality, but right. getting all that insight from as many places as po- as possible is a great, right. that is a great tool that I think a lot of people overlook. Right, right. And it's it's interesting because even being in radio, I felt like sometimes I was like, um, not a psychologist, but like I'd be in the car with somebody and they would listen to whatever station they wanted. I always told them, don't feel pressure to listen to Coast. And <laughs> You're so and nice. Would, I'd be like, you better listen to my damn station. Yeah. <laughs> I want those ratings number one always. No. Exactly. But if they would change the channel, I'd be like, why'd you change channel? Like, I'm just curious. Like I was always asking. I was always, you know, and, and, and even nowadays with kids, like, you know, we, we, well, this year we laid low for the holidays and all that, but I have nieces and nephews and they always have those AirPods, you know, mm-hmm. in their ears and they're, you know, and I'm like, what are you listening to? What do yeah. you, you know? And they're li- a lot of them are listening to music. And I'm like, how are you finding this? How are you, you know, it, it's, it's amazing what the younger generation, um, and, and then I'll talk to them about music and they, you know, they, they know the Beatles. They know, they, they know the older songs. Right. They know, they, they know all the genres and it just blows me away with here. I think they're playing video games or, right. or wasting their time on stuff, but they know more than what I know on, on some stuff. And it blows me away, Yeah, you know, but even and still, so, that's, that's even still, that's respecting the people around you to go, tell me what, you know, like, yeah, I still yeah. could learn more from that. Let yeah. me ask you this. What do you think, um, has been a career high and a career low for you? 
Wow. Um, a career high. Well, there's several. Um, definitely a career high was, uh, working with Mark and Kim to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. I was very excited for that day and they so deserved it. And I felt like a huge part of it. And so that was really, really special. Every so often I'll visit that star and I'll have that feeling of like, wow. Like, I mean, it was was just really It's a very select group of awesome. I mean, it's not like it's just unlimited. It is a very elite group of people who have stars. You know, that's really cool. Yeah. Another is the radio station did Christmas Wish. And so I was given through our sales department um, lots of money. And then there was a Christmas hotline that people, Christmas wish hotline, people would call asking for wishes. And then I'd call them granting their wish. Oh my gosh. I, those Every are tear jerkers. Time I would cry. There's I, a tear jerkers. You'll be driving yeah. along going like, oh my, oh my gosh, that kid got the thing. And the, ah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you one that we worked with TV on that really, really stood out. And I'll always, I'll never forget this. And it was a mom asking for a refrigerator because the refrigerator broke. But then she got into, my daughter lives out of state. She just had a baby. Her husband's in the military. So we can't uh, see the baby because, you know, they're in the military base and we can't afford a flight to go out there. And I mean, you know, and so I called her, I called her and, uh, and I was like, it, and, and I never used to do this. So it was a very odd thing for me to do. But I called and I said, listen, I, I'm Stella with Coast. I'm not granting her Christmas wish, but we work with Sears. And this was all not true. We were Sears. And so I'm trying to get your refrigerator, but I just need to know the dimensions if I do. Um, and then I'm so sorry about your daughter. Like, you know, where does she live? And, you know, and I don't know how I pulled all this information from her but I did. And so what ended up happening was I called the TV station. I'll never forget. It was channel nine and channel two because they worked together. And, um, I got a refrigerator box, but before that I called the daughter, found the daughter, called the daughter. Dude, the FBI should be hiring you right now. (laughs) You're like, I hunted down the family members across the country got released from the husband for a week to come out here. So got them all arranged, got their flights arranged, got the baby and everything, oh got them a hotel, gosh. got a limo. So I picked them up from LAX and I got them, got a refrigerator box, wrapped that up, but wrapped it a certain way that when you tear down the strings, all the sides fall apart, right. fall out, like fall down. So what I did was I told TV about this and they loved it. And I said, um, I said, so what we're going to do is we're going to put the daughter and the son. And I wanted the son in full uniform in the refrigerator box. Yep. We had the limo service with the kids inside. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Mark and Kim. So Mark and Kim knocked on the lady's door. She had her robe on <laughs> and just left for work. And so we were like, Oh my gosh. So somebody caught in our promotions team, somebody caught the husband and said, Hey, we're granting your Christmas wish. We didn't want to tell him either. Yeah. And so then somebody else was in the limo with the kids because the parents were in the refrigerator box. Oh my gosh. And it's a newborn also. There was two, there was probably a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a newborn. 
And all these kids are crying because they don't know anybody, right? These poor kids. And so, and the limo had a big red bow on it. And uh, so we called the dad, we, we spoke to the husband. He came back, hid the car. So the wife thought he was going to work. He came in the limo. That was a mess because he was crying and all happy. So at least the husband was in the limo with the kids and he met the newborn. And then the box was all set up. They were in there. So we knocked on the door. She had her coffee and her robe on. <laughs> I love her. And, and she comes out and she's like, oh my gosh. And Mark and Kim are there. The TV station is there. And they're like asking, is it okay if we put you on the radio? You're also live on TV. And she's like, oh my gosh. And we're like, well, you know, we, we heard your Christmas wish on Coast, So we want to grant your wish on TV. And they asked her to pull that string. Thank God the box fell correctly. Yeah. And it was them. I thought this mother was going to faint. I mean, I can't believe I didn't think of an ambulance nearby. Oh my gosh. And she, it was so emotional. Everyone forgot about the kids. And we're like, hey, here's more. And then the limo pulls up with the red bow on top. And the four-year-old comes running out. Nah, nah. And then the two-year-old, two-year-old barely running out. And the husband has a newborn. Oh my gosh. We were all in this. That is a career and high. To I have that- to say that is one of my biggest highlights ever in my life. I mean, life. you literally got to be Santa. Like you got yeah. to feel yeah. giving people their deepest desire, yeah. which is usually and, loved ones. And just ones. knowing in the beginning of this, if, if you're still around, <laughs> I'm from Brazil and my family's in Brazil. And knowing that you can't see family all the time, bringing this family together for the holidays was just extra emotional for me. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Um, it was, it was really neat. It so was to really counteract neat. that, I mean, I, I don't even know what the juxtaposition to that could be, but what would be a career low? Because for every one of those big highs, I do think it's important for, for our listeners and people in general to hear that, like, much like you said, it's not all the good stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so somebody in your position that has come up through the ranks, what's it, what's a day or a moment or an experience where you were like, Oh God, I'm done. Like I'm wrecked or I, or this is the worst day ever. I would have to say letting go of people. Yeah. And you know what? With our HR guy in the office next to me, when they walked in, they always kind of knew already. And I tried to keep it together, but this is family. Like, I mean, you know, I was there for 21 years. They saw me growing up. I saw them. I, I, you know, I never want to say idolized or anything like that, but I coast had DJs for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And so to let any of them go first didn't feel right in my heart. And then second, like I care about their families and, Uh and I'm going to miss them. Like I I was like, what am I going to do without them? Like every single on-air talent brought something to the table for me. Like we had laughter every day or they had ideas or, um, they would come in an hour. I always had an open door policy. So someone come in an hour early and just sit and talk with me. You know, I'd have to stay an hour late and do my work later. Right. But those were the moments. Those were the days, you know, yeah. I mean, we don't, I always live with, I don't know my tomorrow. So, you know, um, so yeah, it was, it was really hard. Those moments yeah. of letting go of people, because it's like, not only am I changing their lives, but I'm not going to see them on a daily basis anymore. My life changes too. Yeah. And, you know, and now we're going to get somebody that I don't know from out of state to record because the company's saving money. And 
I get it, but it was really hard. Yeah. I, really. It, well, because at the end of the day, you know, when you're the one in the working structure, you're working with people, not personalities and voices. Yeah. And the yeah. parent company may be like, well, this is a personality or a voice, but to you, yeah. that's a family member or a person yeah. you love dearly, or you, you feel their aches and pains when they're having them, you know, yeah. and you yeah. share their highs. Um, I can only imagine that would be, that would be a very hard position for yeah. someone like me to be. And I'd be like, but I love you. I don't want you to leave, but also yeah. there's the door. Um, you know, yeah. that's really tough. I have one more question for you. What, for you growing up, what do you think the definition of success was? And is it still the same today? Has it evolved? Do you look at success and the, and the quote unquote idea of success differently as a, you know, grown woman boss lady who, you know, got to the top of her career in radio and then also is now a baller in, you know, music labels. I mean, you're just like, you know, let me just bounce into other great things. Like for you, how do you define success? And has that changed for you? I would have to say success for me is happiness. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just went through this with my husband. So my husband lost his job with COVID um, probably April of, uh, of last year. And then he found another job and, and, and it was good for a few months, but he was having a hard time. Um, he actually really didn't apply for the, the job he thought he applied for. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so he got the job. And he's like, and no wonder people, I don't like it. It's not even what I want to do. The people are really nice, but it just didn't work out for him. So mid-December, we're just talking, you know, a few weeks ago, mid-December, he came up to me without another job lined up. And my husband is, I consider him a saint. (laughs) He is chill. He is, oh, I mean, that's another podcast. (laughs) If you ever have a podcast about husband, call me. So he comes up to me and he's like, his eyes are a little watery and he's like, honey, I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, do what? And he's like, this job, I'm not happy. And I I can't do this anymore. I said, do you want to quit today? He's like, I want to quit now. And he's our CEO, CFO, COO. I mean, I still like Nordstrom's, but still. (laughs) Um, I said, can you quit? Can we we afford this house? And can we continue our lifestyle? Which is very real conversations, right? Like, I mean, sometimes you have to go, and this gets back to happiness. It's like, I don't care about in, in certain moments you go, the money isn't the, the thing. It's about yeah, your yeah, insides. Yeah. Yeah. And so he said, yes, we could, honey. And I said, quit tomorrow. Yeah. Good for because, you. You know what? God is in control and you'll find another job. So he gave notice on a Monday and his last day, um, the company was in a close uh, or, you know, vacation, December 23rd. He started a new job yesterday and yeah, and he, and it's, it's, it's similar to his old job and he loves it and he's so happy. And in his rhythm and comfortable and going, this fits. I mean, he just, I mean, yesterday he came home and he was telling me all about his job and you would think he was there for a year. And did you say to him, would you do it for free? I, I I will today. (laughs) But in another, in another, you know, bounce off of that. I went through a really bad divorce and I would come home and I was unhappy and I would go to work longer because I was happy there. And I realized 
that it's not money that makes me happy. It's not all the, I mean, I made a lot of money. It's not, it's not that it's my heart being happy and, and just feeling happy with myself and loving myself. and being. We can all sacrifice around money if we're happy, right? And I and I point to myself and every other starving musician that has ever come up through the ranks because if it's the thing you have to do because it makes you happy, yeah, yeah, you can go. Guess what? I'm not going to get Starbucks. I'll brew my own coffee. Guess what? I'm not going to buy new clothes every however long. I'm going to just go to the thrift store, wear my old clothes, and make them look new. Guess what? Target has clothes and they're cute. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? But yeah. And it's yeah. so when the happiness lines up, everything else can be managed, but and, and you can, is- you can be making all the money in the world. And if you're yeah. miserable and you don't want to go home or you don't want to go to that job to make that money, yeah. what does it matter? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And even with this company that hired me, um, they said, you know, we can't give you a co-salary. And I said, first of all, you don't know the co-salary. And second, I, I, this sounds like it's supposed to be for me. So let's do this. We'll and then it out. Yeah. I hope and, and every year you'll give me a raise and, and we'll just go from there. And it has been amazing. Yeah. It has been amazing. And I've never been happy. Well, so it's because you're amazing, for me. Stella. <laughs> Thank you. And you are too. Thank you so much. I mean, that, that is my definition of success is, is happiness. I love it. And I adore you. I'm so, I'm so thrilled you came and talked to me today. I'm so thrilled you made the time because I know how busy you are. And um, I just hope it's more often because I adore you and you're wonderful. And we have some people, I love that you're representing Lady A because that's a crew of people that I love. So go out and push their music a ton. They all need well, to- that means that I'll see you in Phoenix one day, huh? Yeah, Akchin. They play Akchin, and they they do. Yeah. They do. I, I know that. I know that venue. Back my hand. <laughs> oh, you call me. We'll go out to dinner. We'll have drinks. We'll I go listen it. to the show. I Wonderful. love it. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, you're so much fun. Tomorrow? Huh? Yeah, let's do it again. Let's just do this <laughs> weekly, except let's open some wine while we do it because that'd be great. Um, or beer. We have New Belgium beer. They sponsor our show, so we can oh, crack one All of those. Right. Um because they're fantastic too. Um, I adore you. you. Thank you for being my guest. I appreciate you you so much. And I adore you too. And thank you. And you're just, you're awesome. And since the day I met you, I just fell in love with you. And so, um, you know, I just truly believe in you. Thank you. And just know that every day you're awesome. (laughs) And we all are, right? More. We will. We definitely will. Thank you for being my guest. I adore you to the moon and back. And let's stay in touch because I'll call and bug you or text you now. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Have a wonderful night, Stella. Thank you. You too. Today's episode is brought to you by the Natural History Institute, located at 126 North Marina Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. The Natural History Institute is a nonprofit which seeks to cultivate love and understanding of the natural world. They have programs for naturalists of all stripes, newcomer, novice, and veteran. All are welcome who are looking to deepen their relationship with the natural world. Please check out their website at naturalhistoryinstitute.org or head to their Natural History YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to The Creative Convergence, coming to you from Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Are you a professional in the arts and would like to share your story with us? 
or a company that would like to advertise with us, shoot us an email at contact at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Help support the arts by becoming a Raven Productions member. To get your perk card and be the first to know about all of our upcoming promotions, events, and online programming, your membership will directly support the arts programs in our schools. Sign up today at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Until next time, be safe and enjoy the journey.